This is Tony Gomez with La Fuerza Dominicana Cigars, and uh, you're watching the Burn Down Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Burn Down. Today's guest is the son of Lito Gomez, the owner and creator of LFD Cigars, otherwise La Flor Dominicana. And that man is no other than Tony Gomez. What's going on, Tony? How's it going, gents? Good to be here. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I'm sure you got a busy schedule. We appreciate you coming on the Burn Down and, and chit-chat with us for a little while. All good on this side hey, of the pleasure, grass. man. We finally got you on. It's been a little bit. I know we were going back and forth for about know, the last six months or so trying to get you on. But, hey, every time every time has its place or every place has its time, whatever that whatever saying goes. Whatever the saying goes. Whatever that saying goes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're super excited. You sent, us, you sent us some interesting cigars that we're definitely going to ask you about. But the, the first question, perfect. You already answered my first question. What are you smoking? <laughs> That's what I'm smoking. <laughs> so, why, yeah, so why don't you tell us? Because before we get into the interview, we have you know, a bunch of questions. We're going to have a great conversation with you, Tony. Before we get into that, we got to let the people know what we're smoking. So, you sent us some of these exclusive cigars here Andalusian Bull that say Andalusian Bull on them, <laughs> but don't look like the original Andalusian Bull. <laughs> so, you got to tell us what we're smoking here. So, this is a, this is a cigar I've been making for myself for, uh, for a couple years now. Um, you know, dude, I, I was I was in a store, I was in a shop in, in Madrid, in Spain, like back in 2019, and I was looking through the humidor, you know, and, and I was looking through all the Cubans, and I'm not a big fan of Cubans myself, but I was looking through them, and I said, you know what, the one thing these guys get right is the sizes, you know, I like the sizes, and then, you know, I saw this size, it was like a 42 by six and a quarter, I said, it's, it's fucking beautiful, that's the perfect size, you know, so I said, you know what, I'm going to make some for myself in that size. And then I just, I started playing around. They took the, the bold blend made in that size. And they do just, I lit it up and it was the best cigar I ever had in my fucking life. And I was just, I've been in love with it ever since. Right. So that's what this is. Um, smells fantastic. Don't sell them. I'm sure you might've seen that. We've, uh, we've got like a whole fucking scheme going now. We, we decided to release some NFTs. Uh, we're releasing seven, uh, and the owners of those seven will be the only people in the world with the right to purchase these cigars. Wow! Really? So, so we have we have some exclusive, exclusive cigars right now. So the, Shit. the extra ones that I'm gonna get that we have over here, I'm gonna go in my 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 draw in my humidor that for the very special occasions that's gonna be sitting and marinating for the next couple of years. I'm not gonna touch those bad boys. <laughs> All right, so let's get this. Uh, yeah, so let's light this up. But w so I guess you know the whole the whole fiasco, the whole um, attitude behind NFTs and crypto and stuff like that. I guess you guys wanted to hop on it early, kind of be like, I don't really know any other cigar company that is a part of NFTs. You know, where did that whole concept come from? Not not really to this extent. There there's there's a brand that that put out some NFTs. They're they're like just art based NFTs. So. Um, a little different from what we're doing, but dude, you know, like, like I said, I, I started making this cigar like a couple years back, two and a half years ago, maybe. And I just, I, I was always saying, I, I want to release this eventually, but I do, I want to do something special. I want to do something different with it. And I didn't know what, and then one day 
you remember when when all this news came out about how people sold these crazy NFTs for I don't know how many millions of dollars and all this shit? Yeah, buying them for like fifty dollars, yeah. selling them for fifty million. Uh huh. <laughs> and and I saw this, and you know, the first thing I said was, "What the fuck is an NFT?" You know, and and then you know, I, I got into researching, I got into reading about it, and and you know, I'm like, dude, how can I get involved in this? You know, it sounds very interesting. And I was smoking a cigar at the time, and then I just the light bulb went off, and I said, "Well." Why can't this be an NFT, you know? And and so then, you know, the project started. This was like a year and a half ago. I've been working on this for a while because I had no fucking clue what I was doing at first. It took a lot of research. But, uh, and so that's the idea, you know? I am I get it. A lot of people are not big fans of NFTs and all that. And, and I agree that most of these, like, art-based NFTs, I don't really get it. I don't get it. But I like the technology, and I like that you can attach real value to it, right? Which is what we're trying to do. Because this NFT isn't just a picture. It's an actual cigar, an exclusive cigar. And so it seemed like an interesting idea. Uh, and we'll see what happens, man. This is this is a big, big experiment we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you tie it in where, because like you said, the art NFTs, you know, I never understood it either. It's like I can just screenshot the picture and I have the picture now. Like, I, don't, I don't get that. But then, you know, when you look into it, it's more of, okay, no, you have to have the essentially the certificate or the uh, – you know, that certificate of authenticity saying, you know, I own this, but now you tied it in. We're saying, okay, if you own this, not only do you own whatever the digital art is, but you own the rights to purchase this cigar. So it's like, all right, this cigar is fantastic. It's the best, you know, right from, right from the horse's mouth, best cigar he's ever made. I want to get that cigar. Well, you gotta, you gotta get this NFT now. You gotta get the certificate of authenticity in order to buy that. That's a pretty cool idea. I mean, essentially, essentially it's like, you know, kind of your own cigar. When if you're smoking this in a lounge, and someone's like, "What cigar is that?" You can essentially be like, "This is my cigar. Like, I kind of own it." <laughs> and you it's kind of like you know, think about where you have these private clubs, these private lounges that you don't have access to the lounge unless you remember. And then, okay, now you get into the lounge, and now you have access to buy all the cigars. Yeah, this is the same thing, but in the digital world, you can't buy it online unless you have access to. What was uh what was what was Pops's uh, first initial reaction? Saying, "Hey, Dad, I got this idea." He said, "What the fuck is an NFT?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing I said. <laughs> I, you know, he, he was open to the idea from the beginning. He didn't understand what the fuck I was talking about, but he liked he liked the general concept of it. Um, I think he still doesn't understand it. I might not even understand it yet, but uh, we we partnered with a good company called Eureka, who's kind of guiding us through the technical part of all this stuff, you know? So, um, but yeah, he, he was on board, man. He liked the idea. It's, you know, LFD has always been very, we like to do different things, man. We like to be creative. We like to innovate. That's always been our, our thing, right? So uh, it makes sense. Why not, why not be the first company to do it? For sure. Because, I mean, you know, cigar, the cigar industry gets the notation that's very antiquated and old. So you're kind of taking a step forward to kind of being like, eh, not, not LFD. We're kind of ahead of the curve here because 10 years from now, everyone's going to be talking about NFTs and crypto. Like, it's just like one another one of these things like the internet. You know, everyone was afraid of it and then everyone's going to have it, you know? So kudos to you guys for uh, taking the leap of faith and doing it. You no, know, it's kind of like the same idea where, like Eric had said, the cigar industry is antiquated. Uh, it's very old school. We decided to come up with a podcast. We're like, how can we bring the new age, which is podcasts and YouTube, into right. the you know bring the old world cigars into the new yeah. age social media that's how we came up with our idea and you're taking it a different route with the nfts and i'm sure your dad as soon as you said listen there's exclusive and then there's 
exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. And he's like, I like that. You know, what? someone <laughs> someone even actually made a burn down NFT. Like, did they uh, last March? I believe when it was obviously very brand new. But he was like, Hey, man, I create crypto art or NFT or NFT art. And he's like, I want to make your logo. And I'm like, Okay, sure. I I don't know, whatever. So he made it. And then he's like, "Oh, it's on this site, the site called Ocean or some site open, where open, open, open Sea, yeah. yeah." And they and they host it. So then a couple months ago, my my brother in law is like big into it. And he goes, "Dude, you have your own logo. You, you have to get the code or whatever. You have to get it. This and that." So I'm trying to find this guy on Instagram, and he, like, he doesn't use his Instagram anymore, and he has the code. And I'm like, "Dude, I can't even get it. I don't even know. I can't even tell you where it is." You know. So he he probably knew what he was doing. He's like, "I'm gonna make this for you." And then five years from now. When it's worth, he's like, all right, you want it now? Now yep. you got to buy it. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's a lot of people Dude, do it the, the, This whole world is like, it's very much still the wild west, you know? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of shady players out there. Yeah. 100%. You got to be a little careful. 100%, man. So, so let's, um, so take us back. Let's start with, you know, how did you, well, first off, you know, we like to ask the question, who is Tony Gomez, right? Like, how did you get into cigars? Where did you start? Because I remember the story, you know, doing some research on you is that, your dad didn't even want you to come into the cigar industry to begin with, you know. So, what did you go, you know, start with, and then move into the cigar industry? How did that whole story happen? Uh, well, I'll word it a little bit differently. He didn't. He didn't pressure me into it. Yeah. Okay. That's better. Yeah. That's a better this word. Is, this is your destiny type deal, you know. But uh, I'm a I'm a Miami kid, born and raised uh, from Kendall, the the boring part of Miami. That's where nobody goes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, I was born and raised in Miami. This this whole cigar thing started when I was I was about seven or eight. So I, I guess you could say I grew up around it to some extent. But um, uh, yeah, man, I, I grew up in Miami. I, I went to Florida State. I actually I majored in in English. I was a writing major. Oh, wow. um, I, I didn't really have any intention on doing the cigar thing until I don't know, sometime around senior year of college, I think. Uh, originally I was, I was, you know, I was, I was applying to film schools. I was going to get my master's in film school. I wanted to do screenwriting. Um, that was kind of my first goal. My first, my first goal was to be a rock star and that didn't work out. What'd you, what'd you, what'd you play? What instrument? I played bass mainly and, uh, some drums. There we go. I played, I was a drummer too. I was in a garage band in high school and. Thought I was going to make it big like everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I obviously knew you were from Miami. So Justin today was like, what are you wearing, man? Are you wearing a suit? I said, nah, man. I said, Tony's from Miami. We got to wear like the, the Florida, you know, the Tony Soprano t- button down short sleeves. We got to look like we're I was Floridians. Gonna, I was going to wear a little Cuban fedora too. I had it in the, uh, I had it in my closet. I'm like, God, do I want to do that. I had my hair already done. I was like, ah, fuck, I'll leave too. So we, we, aim, we aim to please. We aim to please. So you went for, so you went for, uh, for film school. You're going to be a screenwriter. Then what happened? I wanted to, but dude, so I think, uh, I mean, it, it's a little blurry, but I, I do, I feel like the moment there was, there was a moment like sometime senior year of college and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was playing beer pong at the time. And I just had like one of those like moments of clarity where it was like, you know, mo- most people don't get opportunities like this in their life. And, you know, like I said, my father, he never pressured me. You know, he, he always said, do whatever makes you happy, man. If you want to join the business, I would love to have you, but find something that makes you happy. Yeah. You know? And uh, I just had a moment where I was like, dude, you know, like people don't get these opportunities. If you don't at least give it a shot, then you're a fucking idiot, right? So you got to try it, right? I, I, I called him up. We had a chat. And then we, we kind of laid out a plan for uh, what was going to happen. And, you know, so I, I, I started working right after I graduated. 
And uh, I covered all of Florida as a sales rep, did that for about four years. And, uh, and then I moved down here to Dominican Republic and I've been working at the factory ever since. It's been like fucking 10 years now, nine years. Wow. Here. So have you, so where in Dominican Republic are you? Are you in, was that San, Santiago? Is that the main? Santiago, Dominican Republic. Santiago. Uh, that's, this is where the cigar industry is. Like 99% of the Dominican cigar industry is. Uh, specifically in a little town called Tamboril. That's where we're at. Yes. Um, that's like the mecca of rollers and factories and all that in DR is Tamboril. So, what, so I was looking on your Instagram and I saw on your profile, it said an aspiring Santiaguera. What is that? What does that mean? Santiago, what is it? Santiaguero? Santiaguero. Santiaguero. So, okay. Which Agu- mean, Guera, know, would someone... be, Guera would be the female version, right? <laughs> exactly. Santiaguero. That okay. means basically somebody from Santiago, right? Okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm the gringo here, you know? So, it's <laughs> kind of a joke. Well, I mean, I mean, you've been there for over <laughs> a decade, so you're kind of, I feel like you're phasing out of the gringo stage into. Because I looked I'm, it up, I'm like, what yeah, is that? I'm... I tried to do the English, the Spanish to English, and it didn't pop up, and I'm like, what the heck is this? Justin was like, he was scratching his like, dude, I don't know what this is. I said, I don't know. I guess we have to ask him on the podcast. <laughs> now, so yeah, that's what it is, man. So you're, so what? You went to Florida State. So you a Seminole fan? Is that right? Seminole. Fuck yeah, man. Seminole. I'm not a Seminole fan. I am a Seminole. Well, that's true. That's distinction. Important distinction. I got that paperwork. Is, isn't that the? <laughs> isn't that the? Um, isn't that the chop? Isn't the Seminoles okay. the chop? Yeah, the yeah, chop. That, that's funny. So in my high school, we were the we were the, uh, the. I hate to say it. So we were we were named after uh, an Indian tribe, and then we became two different high schools, and then we became the Flaming Arrows. So I'm not going to go down that road, but but and during, <laughs> I'm sure your opponents had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, of course, of course they did. Of course they did. But so you know, all a chance in basketball and football was oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think I was from ripped off right from the Seminoles. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when you go to a yeah, Seminoles yeah. game and you have the entire stadium screaming that, it's like, oh, dude, there's nothing like it, man. Fucking eighty thousand people doing that shit. That shit gives me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. it does. Hell. I can't imagine what it would be like being on the field listening to that. Oh, gotta be. It's gotta be electric. Gotta yeah, who, be electric. Some, so were you a big, like a big football fan, basketball, or everything? I'm a big football fan. Football yeah. football is my favorite sport. I played it in high school. I, you know, I'm a miserable Dolphins fan, lifelong. You guys are probably stinking Patriots fans. So no, no, no. I'm a Giants no? fan. I'm a Giants fan. We're from New York, my man. Hell no. Fuck the Patriots. <laughs> hey, listen. You know what I? As a as a as a as a Giants fan, I hold I hold true that we beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. And we gave two of Tom Brady's losses in the Super Bowl came from the Giants. That's right. That's I'll always team. love the Giants because of that. The Giants will always hold a little place in my heart because of that. Hell yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> you know what? I've never been I, – I mean, I, I guess you couldn't tell from the accents that were from New York and not Boston. Boston. Where's my cat? I, I heard a New England accent, but now I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> wait till we get Wait till we get more. Yo, food. Tony, what the fuck you mean we're fucking from New England, bro? We're from fucking New York. <laughs> Wait till wait till this bottle of bourbon goes down, then it really comes oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> so so what am I? So one of my favorite one of my favorite LFDs is, and I and it's one of my favorites because I bought it once and it lasted me like two and a half hours. It was a mixture between talking but also smoking, but it never went out once. Was the uh, LFD Lanox? I love that cigar. That cigar is solid. Every time I smoke it, 
I usually make sure I'm in like a long-term setting. Like if I'm hanging out or if I'm like at a lounge knowing I'm not going anywhere for a few hours. And that, sure. like I said, it lasted like two and a half hours. And I was super impressed with it. Did you have to do anything with that cigar? Were you behind making that cigar or anything like that? That's uh, that's one of my babies, man. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Good shit. That's, that's my my favorite project I've ever worked on was Lanai. Just the whole, the art, everything about it. I That that one's a special one too. Yeah, we got it up I mean, on the... Uh, we got it up on the wall over here. So on the wall over here, you can't see, but you can see a little bit behind us. But we have boxes, yeah. just all the cigars just yeah, nailed Andal- up on the wall. Andalusian bowl. I've seen it on your videos. True. Yeah. We True. got two Andalusian bowls here. And then we have the Lenox down here on the right. Um, and I wanted to get, which I don't have because my favorite LFD is the Double Ajero Lancero. Love, right. love Lanceros. And that was, you know, going back to where you'd like the Cuban sizes that was the original you know cuban size was a lancero and not many you know not many companies have it because it's so hard to roll Uh, but that was one of my favorites i gotta get that box somewhere and put it up in here so actually talking about the andalusian bowl a lot of things that we say was like when people ask like cigar of the year and cigar fishing out of the year justin actually brought up to my attention years ago was you know when like oliva siri v milanio or uh who else um you know ep cirillo la historia win like number one of the year there's high demand for it. Andalusian Bull was one. And Justin always says that the Andalusian Bull, when it won Cigar Aficionado, was like one of the only cigars that he noticed that didn't really lose its quality because it's such high demand. You know, how do you, pre- like, first of all, how do you prepare to be number one? And, you know, how do you maintain the quality one that's such high demand? You you don't prepare at all, right? <laughs> they, we find out the same, the same minute that everybody else finds out. Really? And uh, funny enough, like, dude, they... They they changed the date that they announced it now, but back then when they when they announced the bull, it, they announced it like like two days before we closed the factory for the holidays. You know, all the factories in DR they close for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holidays. So they announce it, the factory closes, and then just dude the 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 phone lines in the office in Miami ring like they we've never seen before. It was unbelievable. And then you know, so we have. More orders than we know what to do with. Now the factory's closed. We're not prepared for it. We weren't prepared for any of this shit. You know, the bull was never supposed to be this. The bull was like, it's a big cigar. It's expensive. The bull was supposed to be like, this is what you smoke when you have a baby or like New Year's. It's a special occasion thing. Never expected that. And now, you know, the fuck do we do now, right? (laughs) So you, you don't prepare for it. And it's... Dude, you just have to stick to your guns, man. The reason it won number one is because we do things right, right? Because the cigar is quality. It's good. And and we don't – there's nothing more special about the bowl than any other cigar that we make at our factory. Same quality standards apply to every single cigar that we make. And nothing changed after it won number one. Same rules apply. Um, and just because there's a ton of orders, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, man. We make as many as we can according to the quality standard and if we can't make more then we don't and that's just it dude so yeah the, the demand for the cigar today five years later is it's it's honestly it's exactly the same as it was the day after the it, it it's super changed. hard to find oh yeah it's super hard to find man like, oh yeah anytime yeah. anytime our local lounge gets a box as soon as they open it up it's gone it's gone that day i mean there's only yeah, what there's only what 10 in a 10 in a box 12 in a box right 10 in a box so 10. it's gone immediately and I like what you mentioned where that cigar wasn't intended to be 
like a number one cigar because with Cigar Aficionado, price does play yeah. a factor, right? And the cigar, you don't normally see a cigar that is, I mean, here in New York, it's, you know, 25 bucks plus um, now with a 75% tax, but you don't normally see a cigar that's $20 plus make it number one. So for that one to make it number one, you're like, well, shit, this was supposed to be a very exclusive cigar that is a celebratory stick, right? You're not going to go in there and buy a third, $25, $30 stick every single day. And now it makes Cigar of the Year. You're like, what the fuck? Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good for it you guys because now you now you have high demand on a high dollar well, stick. So you're like, well, shit. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so for this, you know, just to – this this can debunk all the conspiracy theories. You know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about Cigar Aficionado and, that, you know, people you pay for the ratings and all this. Total bullshit. Like, first off, if you could afford if, – if you could pay for the, the number one spot, we wouldn't be able to afford it. Right? There's – much bigger competitors out there. No chance where we can afford it. And second off, even if we could afford it, I sure as shit would not have picked the bull. Right. Picked the Robusto, just a normal cigar that we can make as many of as we want to. You know? Yeah, because it's such a unique, unique shape, unique size. Yeah, ones that you can that you can pump out, you know, like a hundred thousand cigars in a year, not one that's like, <laughs> exactly. Whoa, this is how many we can make, and you know, we can only make ten thousand or twenty thousand, <laughs> but we have an order for two hundred thousand. So we can't. No doubt. So how so how does that process work to get to number one like what did you have to you just send in the cigars and then they rate them or no you don't do anything the cigar aficionado buys their own cigars they send buyers out to stores and we, you don't send them anything they don't accept anything that's not how it works they 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 have their buyers they go out they pick cigars and then their panel does blind t- tastings on it and uh and that's it so any i, I believe it's any cigar that scores 91 or higher throughout the year is smoked again at the end of the year. Oh. And those are the ones they pick the number one. For. Yeah, it's not like, uh, you know, every car commercial you see, oh, we're number one with J.D. Power and Associates. And if you Google J.D. Power Associates, you actually can, like, apply and, like, pay money to be, like, J.D. Power Associates number one. Is like, that yeah. how it works? I've, if you yeah. Google J.D. – how do you become J.D. Power Associates? There's, like, some application or some kind of website where you go on and you can apply and you can, like – just get the award. Like it's it's ridiculous. Well, if you look at like look at some of the commercials, almost every cigar now uh, cigar, almost every car nowadays has every like some sort of award. Number one on this associate, number one on this. I go, that doesn't mean anything. I know. Like, what does that even every mean? Every single one. Everyone's number one. See if I, I could get us a JD Power and Associates award. <laughs> you should just for the just for the fuck of it, just get one back. I mean, I think it was like Toyota or somebody. Every time I saw a commercial, like JD Power Associates and this, 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 and this, and I'm like. How is that possible? So I actually Googled it and it was like, you know, just like a website you go to and you can just like apply for it and just like get the award. So it's, well, there you go. it's stupid. Most people don't know. No, you don't know until you know. You got to do your research just like everything else. So one of the one of the questions that I always find interesting when I, when I talk to people in the cigar industry is, you know, what's like the biggest obstacle that you see or what's like your biggest hurdle in today's age with cigars and social media and trying to promote it? And, you know, what are some of the obstacles that you kind of face that kind of like the toughest to get by with social media. Yeah. We can talk about social media. Cause that's, that's number one. Like that's, I, I could talk about this for a long time. Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's cause we it. could talk about it too, because it's, bu- it's I bullshit. Mean, that's, but. I mean, that's, that's like the industry that we're in is social media. Essentially. If you want to know what grinds my gears, man, it's fucking Mark Zuckerberg, dude. Like, it's, it's dude. It's sad what they're doing to us, man. And the, the LFD page and like, like the, the the LFD Instagram page is like my fucking baby, man. Like I've, I've dedicated a lot of time to that page, and like I put a lot of time into the pictures, you know. 
and it's you go back like two years we were getting like something like you know 50 to 60,000 reach per post right and fast forward today we have significantly more followers the picture quality is significantly better and now dude i'm lucky if i get eight you know yeah it's a struggle. It's a it, it really is, dude. Like we I mean, we even like anyone who's a cigar enthusiast, cigar smoker, can't get anywhere. Like, you know, at one point on Instagram, we were able to monetize for a few months when they came out with the videos, we're like, oh shit, dude, like we can finally make some money. And then yeah, after then a few and after a few months, boom. And of course, you know, all our reels now they blow up. We get hundreds of thousands of views. We just started hitting millions of views. I'm like, dude, imagine we can monetize, yep. you know, if if we are able to do it. But, I had that one. I had a one reel like right before. I had I had a reel go viral. Viral. It's like almost three million views, and right oh, before, shit. like a week before, can't monetize them. And it even and they they fuck with you too because they even when you post it, they even they were still giving me the option yeah. where it's like you have your bonus and you can apply you know the reels bonus and they even give me the option said hey do you want to apply this I go fuck yeah I want to apply this and it goes super viral. And then I go to check my bonuses, like, nah, you can't monetize. I'm like, son of a... I feel like they look and they go, all right, I noticed that you're going viral, so I'm going to say, fuck you, and I'm going to demonetize you. And then a month later, they'll go, up. Oh, you're monetized again. Yeah, it's... Like, you but, son of a bitch. And, like, you could talk <laughs> about they're, it. They're, they're, purposely, they're, they're purposely nerfing us, man, because we're cigars. I mean, I get it, like, like, the reels are the thing now, you know? You have to do reels, and you guys are good at it. I don't, I don't like the reels, man. I just like the, I like photography. I like to take good pictures, and that used to be enough, you bro, know. Bro, ha- like, hands down. Digital strategy and this and that and fuck that. Dude, man. my whole in- before reels, my whole Instagram was just cigar pictures. I was meticulously color coordinating everything, uh-huh. putting the matches here, getting all the different props. I would take a lot of time to put these pictures together, and then, like you said, I like I would put I would have thousands of like thousands of likes, thousands of likes, and then I slow I would barely get like two hundred. I'm like. Fuck, man. Like, not, you know, not that I needed to boost my ego or anything, but just like. No, you put yeah, the time you, in and you like, want to get rewarded, and it's like, right. nothing. Fuck, man. It, and it's ridiculous. And then you got, you go on TikTok, you go on Instagram, you know, everyone's doing these stupid dance videos. You got 16 year old girls shaking their ass, and, and it's, it's like, the dumbest videos, you've, the dumbest dances you've ever seen. And I'm like, what? I wound up, I fell into it too, because I saw one of these dances. I, I think it was a dance where they, they went like this or something. And I go, I go, you know, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And of course, that video went. You know, tens of thousands of views. I'm like, this is the dumbest dance ever, <laughs> and I'm, st- I'm, d- I go, what the fuck am I doing for it? But when you want to grow social media, it's like, yeah, we're still a slave yeah, to the game. You're sold to the devil, man. Really, <sighs> son dude. of a bitch. But, I mean, it, it like, dude, I'm, I'm just hoping that Elon Musk buys Twitter and then and then creates his own competitor to Instagram. You know, that this is like, that's my my dream. Right? 100%. Yes, yes, or and does the really same thing with YouTube because on YouTube. On YouTube, it's a struggle because as soon as you're – we talk about the ATFs, right, with the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. And as soon as your account is labeled any one of those three things, you are just you're just bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Like you are yep. not going to get pushed at all. And we had one video that kind of got pushed and it's still – you know we feel that we should be pushed more. But I'm like you, – you, you, it's a struggle. You can't promote on yeah. Facebook because you're tobacco. You can't promote on Instagram because you're tobacco. You kind of get you get binged for being tobacco on YouTube. So you're right. I want Elon Musk to open up a Instagram and open up a YouTube. So Elon Musk, uh-huh. if you're listening or you're watching, Instagram and YouTube. Come on. 
Call it the Musk please, Gram and the Musk please. Tube or whatever. Tony and the Burn Down and LFD need it more than anybody else. We all need it. So, Tony, are you are you like an a, a aspiring photographer too? Because I was looking at your Instagram and your photos are banging. I mean, they are solid. They are edited very nicely. The crystal cl- clarity. It's so. Are you trying to be Thank a photographer man. at all, or? Good. I mean, I've I've always liked taking pictures. You know, I've I've always enjoyed it and. Uh, when when uh when quarantine started back in uh back in 2020 when all the lockdowns happened and everything i you know found myself obviously like everybody else a lot of spare time and i dedicated it to learning photoshop and illustrator and all that shit so that you know because i've always you know i've always been you know i i i come up with the concepts and the designs for the bands and things like that but i always had to work with a designer and sit there and tell them what to do um but i said you know i it, I could just do it myself, man. I just got to learn how to do this stuff. And so I, I did that. And, uh, and yeah, so ever since, you know, now, now I can Photoshop stuff. I can edit it a little more professionally. And uh, I can do designs myself now. Because those photos are, I've seen some of the, not even, I'm not even some of the, I mean, the cigar photos are, are fantastic, but even some of the nature photos. I mean, you took one that on, uh, it was, I think it was on the beach in Santiago. And it was just, I'm looking at this photo. I'm like, holy shit, this photo's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> And I'm like, do you have a? You, it looked man. like you had a cam. Do you have a camera? Or you just take it all your iPhone. iPhone. It's amazing. Crazy. How crazy? Yeah, how how amazing, amazing is that? iPhones are unbelievable these days. I know, right? So we just took a couple because you know we're releasing our. I mean, at the time this video comes out, our cigar will be uh, a re- released officially, and we were taking a little, doing a little photo shoot just for the hell of it. We had the box in here and the cigars. We were doing it on our phone. We had the lighting. We were taking some of these photos. And all I did was take a photo on the phone, and I go into the edit, and I like you know make the clarity higher, make the saturation a little higher, maybe dim the, maybe put a vignette on it. And next thing you know, I'm looking at this photo. I look at Eric. I go, dude. He goes, that photo is, is bomb. And we just wound up using that as like the the advertising photo now. So we make it all of our advertisements yep. on that photo, and it's just an iPhone. I don't even have the. I have an iPhone eight. This isn't even the, the latest iPhone. It's, yeah, it we, looks good. We sure. both got iPhone 8. We still got the home button. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how behind we are. Uh, do, you, do you find like certain social media tactics or pictures or kind of advertisements that work better, that kind of fly under the radar on social media than others? Did you kind of come, come out with a consensus yet or still figuring it out? I think people like a lot of cigars. They like a lot of cigars. Yeah. They like pictures of you or, you know, like Lido, like, like me or Lido, whatever. And they like cigar rolling videos. I've noticed. Or mm. Yeah. That, a lot of people like behind this. I've noticed that too. And it's funny you say that when I, anytime I had a picture back in the day with a lot of cigars, I always got more attention. And then yeah. as well as um, people like behind the scenes. So they like seeing what's going on. How do you make a cigar? Like being in the factory. Right. And I noticed showing your face too, because we were you know, back in the day, we never really showed our face on Instagram. It was always just the cigar. It was about the cigar right. or what the cigar and the bourbon or the cigar and the coffee, whatever it is. And I noticed every once in a while I would, you know, on a holiday or something, I would do a picture of my face, say, Hey, wishing you guys a great holiday. God bless, whatever. And that would go, that would get 10 times more likes. Right. And I go, shit, maybe we got to start showing our face more. And then yeah. reels came out. We're like, all right, now all we're doing is reels with our faces. And <laughs> yeah, dude, we talk about social media and how it's a piece, it's a blessing and a curse because in reality, the reels has helped us out a lot, but it's also like, you know, on everything else, it, it sucks for the cigar industry. It sucks. Right. 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 
So, what are you gonna do, man? It's, it's the way it is. It is the way it is. It. Yeah, you just gotta yeah keep moving forward and just keep figuring out ways how to how to freaking. I mean, get like uh, what's his name says, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, he goes, "You can either complain about it or you can adapt and evolve." So right. that's what we did. I mean, we were saying to, this when reels came out, we were saying like, "Fuck that! I'm not doing reels. I'm not doing no stupid dances and shit." And here we are, two years later. It's all, that's, that's all, all we post. <laughs> that's all we do is real. So I mean, as soon as we oh, meet together, there's a new dance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really stupid. They really are so ridiculous. And like again, I always say, if I didn't have a podcast and my own cigar, you know, I wouldn't be doing. I would. I maybe I would have a social media, maybe not. But like, I would not be as nearly as I spent. Like you said, we spent a lot of time on social media, and it's it's just ridiculous, man. But yeah, it's the name of the game. It's how you stay in the forefront of everyone's brain. So you know, it is. It's all about branding. It's all about branding. Yeah, man, you gotta do whatever God Emperor Zuckerberg wants. Man. Yep, yep. So, uh, so I want to ask. You, I want to go into a little bit more into uh, cigars, right? So LFD, the cigars, and let's go all the way back. Do you remember? Now, obviously, you know, I'm assuming the answer is LFD. But do you remember the first cigar that you ever smoked? You know, remember how old you were? Do you remember what it was? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, I technically didn't smoke it, but you know, like when, when we were kids, you know, me and my cousins back like on New Year's, they would always let us take a couple pops, you know, and it, it, that was always kind of like a New Year's tradition: take a couple pops and feel cool, or whatever. But not really smoking a cigar, right? But the the first time I really smoked a cigar, I think I was I was like sixteen. Um, and uh, anybody who's heard me on podcast before is probably sick of this story, but it's a good fucking story. Uh, <laughs> it's your story, bro. You got to tell it, man. Tell it. You got to tell it. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was on like summer vacation, I guess. And, and uh, I, I went down to the Dominican Republic with, with, uh, with my dad. Uh, and I spent, you know, I spent a couple of weeks with him there. And uh, I remember, you know, when we got to the factory in the morning and we were both in his office and he passes me a cigar. Um, which was it was a prototype for the LG. I don't know if you ever smoked the LG before, but LGs are are really strong cigars, right? Um, so he passes me one, and he says, "Go ahead, light it up. Today you're going to learn how to smoke, right?" So uh, I light, I, you know, I, I cut it, I I lit it, and I start puffing on it. I don't really know what I'm doing, right? And you know, the old man tells me, "Listen, Tony, if you really want to." you really want to get the cigar and, you know, the essence, the flavors, everything, you, you have to inhale it, you know? And uh, it seemed strange to me that then maybe I thought you didn't, but what the fuck do I know, right? So, dude, I inhale it, and then uh, I proceed to spend, I spend like the next five minutes on my knees in front of the toilet, just puking my life out. And and the whole time I'm throwing up, I can hear, I can hear the old man behind me laughing at me in the office. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I go back in the office and I'm like, dude, you're a fucking asshole, man. <laughs> Why would you do that? He got you. He got you. <laughs> and then he goes, Tony, <laughs> now you know how not to smoke a cigar. <laughs> that's classic. You gotta learn the hard way, that's, man. You know, that's so funny, man. That's like when someone tells you to sniff a cake and you sniff a cake and they freaking shove your head in it. <laughs> He knew exactly what he was doing. Wow, that- <laughs> absolutely, it was all planned out. But anyway, you know, I you know I hope to have a son someday, and I'll do the same thing to him. You know? That's so fun. That's a oh, great. That's great. Forward. I gotta do. I gotta remember to do that to anybody that's new. Smart. I'm like, here, listen. Let me tell you. Re- secret of the trade. Really want to know how to do it? 
inhale the cigar. You get all the flavors. You'd be, you'd be perfect. You'll really like it. It's funny. When you were saying that story, I'm like, you know what? In my head, I'm thinking, all right, he's going to tell you to retrohale. Because I know a lot of people say if you really want to get flavors, you really want to get the scents, and you got to retrohale. True. Which is true, right? True. So I'm thinking he's going to say retrohale, and he goes, no, you got to inhale it completely. <laughs> <laughs> so now at the I'm thinking, I go, I'm thinking, I go, wait a second. Is this like, is this real? Is he really? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's it's Lito Gomez. Like, you can't argue. Like you said, it's your dad. You're not going to be like, no, dad, you're wrong. Right. Like, okay, no, fine. I'm inhaling. <laughs> I was thought I was about to be learn something new today. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Is he going to tell me something new today? Am I going to learn something? Oh, so you're on the toilet for five minutes and he's just laughing at you. Yeah, yeah that's great. like that's like one of the first times I, I tried chewing tobacco. And they're like, don't, whatever you do, don't swallow. Like, don't obviously swallow the tobacco, and I accidentally swallowed the chewing tobacco, and yeah, I was, I was, I, I secretly left my dorm room, and I came back like a white ghost, and everyone's like, "Did you swallow that tobacco?" And I was like, "Uh, no." They're like, "Bro, you were white as a ghost. You were just puking." I was like, "All right, whoops, yeah, my bad." Dude, that's dangerous. That stuff's dangerous, man. Dude, I was like, I had like a like a high. I was like woozy. I was like, whoa. I was like, never so, again. So when you when that happened, that experience happened, did you? Like stop smoking cigars for a while, or did you realize and then just continue to? No, I I picked myself up and I gave it another shot, dude. Because you were probably hesitant after that. You're like, all right, I don't want to smoke this anymore. And he's like, no, <laughs> fuck you, continue smoking that. <laughs> and that's hard to I smoke because I've quit. I... I've had some of that. You know, I remember one when I was living at my apartment by myself right after college. I had a cigar one night. And I guess maybe it was just a bad cigar. I smoked it too fast. I didn't have something in my stomach, whatever it was. And I got like sick. I was like, I had to kind of lay down for a while and I was white as a ghost. <laughs> and then I still had half the cigar left. I'm like, shit, I don't want to put this out, right? But to pick yourself back up and continue smoking that after you're sick is like, <laughs> you, you just don't want it. That's like when you have a hangover after drinking and they say the best thing for a hangover is you drink the same exact thing in the morning what you just drank. You, know, you just got to man up. You yeah. just got to man up. That's what you got to do, man. That's what you got to do. Get drunk again. Let tomorrow worry about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, do you, so have you smoked with anyone like no, like noticeable, like any cool celebrities, athletes that enjoy LFD? Like they kind of – because we have some stories with like Jay London and Jay London Cigars and he smoked, you know, he smoked cigars with ZZ Top and I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. You know, yeah. you got anyone in your repertoire like that? Sure, man. I've uh, I I hung out once with uh, with Cam Newton. Oh, nice. At, uh, at his shop in uh, up in Atlanta, had a smoke. Really nice dude, man. Really cool guy. Um, Javon Kears. He's uh, met him, dude. That guy, like, I'm I'm six foot seven. You know, like. I'm not a small dude and I don't have small hands, but I, I shook Javon Kears's hands and I've never felt so emasculated <laughs> in my life. The guy's a freak of nature, dude. I do his hand can like wrap around mine, <laughs> you know, and I'm like significantly, I'm, I was like, I don't know, probably five inches taller than the guy. And, uh, that guy's a freak, man. That's why they call him the freak. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kears, I've met, dude, I've, I've met, Plenty of people, Giuliani. I met a, uh, I met Schwarzenegger. Uh, I had a twenty-minute phone call with, and this doesn't count as smoking with him, but I had a twenty-minute phone call with Michael Jordan once. Which no is shit, really fucking cool. Abs yeah. that, that counts in my book. No shit. <laughs> Close enough, dude. I mean, he would. To be honest, he would probably enjoy this size because he's a big uh, Partagas Lusitania guy, which is very. That's you know, why we had. That's why we had the phone call, man. Really. <laughs> 
So this was like, dude, like a year and a half ago, uh, I found out that he was buying bowls from a, a store in, uh, in West Palm, um, smoke in. And, uh, as soon as I found out, I, I said, dude, he was, I was making these cigars for myself at the time. I, I hadn't even thought of the whole NFT thing yet. Um, and, uh, I said, I gotta get a box of these to Michael. Cause I know he'll love these, you know, he's always smoking Lonsdale's and shit, you know? So I, I prepared a box, you know, I engraved his name on it. I put my card inside, wrote him a little note. And then I, I sent it over to smoke in and I asked the guys there to, to get it to him, you know? And, uh, a year and change goes by. I had forgotten about it at this point, you know, uh, yeah, I, I get a, I get a call from a five, six, one number and I, I never answer unknown numbers. Right. So I just thought I'd go to voicemail. And then I get a, a text message that says, hi, Tony, this is Michael Jordan. <laughs> you sent me some cigars a, a while ago. I just wanted to call and say, thank you. I really enjoyed them. And I was like, and dude, I was driving at the time and I, I pulled over my car just to like, to, to look at the screenshot. <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. Right? So the first thing I did was call up a, a, my, one of my buddies in Miami because we always prank each other. You know, I was like, I was like, dude. This one's not funny. If this is you, you better tell me or else you're going to have a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not funny. You know, I swear to God, it wasn't me. I promise you, I swear. And uh, I called him back and then we had like a 20-minute chat. Super nice guy. The guy loves cigars. He's an absolute, like, he's crazy about cigars. He fucking loves it, you know? Wow. And that's uh, a he, story right there. Wow. It was cool, man. That's so very I, cool. I got his number in my phone. Fucking Michael Jordan. Wow. I can't imagine seeing that because I'm a, I'm a huge basketball fan. I can't imagine you're driving and you see and you like double take. You have to kind of like zoom in yeah, and focus. I, I stopped the car. Does that say, <laughs> hi, this is Michael Jordan? <laughs> like, what the fuck? The mind fuck that has to go on? For sure. Oh, my God. I, I, and then you call and then he answers. You're like, you're almost like hesitant. Like, uh, is this Michael yeah, this is Michael Jordan. Nice to You're like, what the fuck? For like five minutes, you're probably thinking, like, I'm talking to Michael Jordan right now. Crazy, man. It's, it's one of those, like, like I, yeah, I've met plenty of famous people. Like, I don't, I don't get nervous, you know, but it, but Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, right? So yeah. like, before I called him, like, I, you know, it, it was kind of like, you know, you, you first meet a girl and you like her, and it's like you're nervous, you know, the first time you call her, you're nervous. It was like that feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're nervous. Even though you say, like, yeah, I'm not really. You're nervous. You're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous dude i'll admit it <laughs> oh shit i mean it, i it would i would actually be shocked if you said you weren't nervous i don't know like who wouldn't be nervous i mean arguably probably the most famous like cigar celebrity yeah. on the planet Easily. besides like arnold the most famous person on the planet yeah 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 name a more famous person right easily right dude. easily so would you guys talk about what just the cigars and stuff like that yeah, we talked about the this cigar. We talked about cigars in general. You know, he he asked me where I live, and you know, it, I invited him down to the factory. You know, I told him he's got an open invite whenever he wants, and he said he would love to do it. So you know, I'm he's gonna call, he's gonna call you in a year and a half from now. A year and a half, he's gonna call you back. Hey, remember you said you want to go? I want to. I'm, I'm in. I'm in Dominican Republic right now. I want to go to the factory. He'd be like, ah, uh, fuck, cancel all my meetings. <laughs> he spends a lot of time in DR. The the whole um. The Last Dance, uh, you know, you know all the scenes of him in the interview. He's in DR. He's oh. got a place uh, in the North Coast. Oh wow! And he was smoking a cigar every yeah every, every minute of the, that interview. He was smoking a cigar. Yep. Wow, that's some story. <laughs> I love the I love the 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 my favorite Michael Jordan story 
is, and I, I forgot the, the exact game or the exact year, but he was in the playoffs. And I think he was he was against the – doesn't matter. I don't remember what, who he was against, but he was in the playoffs. And he walks in to the opposing team's locker room with a lit cigar – because he always, he was smoking he smoked cigars like game day game right before the yeah. game in the locker room smoke so he walks into the opposing team locker room with a lit cigar and he takes a puff and he looks around and he said so who's checking me tonight and everybody everybody looks around everybody looks around each other like and then they look at whoever the guy was guarding him and he looks at me goes fifty and walks out. And he drops like fifty five on that guy. Talk, I'm like, talk about demasculating. What a what a boss move. Talk about demasculating. He looks at me, and goes, "Oh, easy 50. I go, "Wow!" Like that thing. Grab your hand. Feel like a feel like a fucking peanut. Imagine that stare down for with a lit cigar. Oh, easy fifty. Yeah, no. It walks out. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> the if guy, I. The guy's unbelievable, man. He's, he, I find him totally fascinating. Just the way he's he's wired. Yeah. That that's but, that that documentary where he would like make shit up in his brain to get himself hyped. Uh-huh. Some some was, random guy was talking shit about him when the guy had no had no intention of talking shit about him. He just made up a scenario. Yeah, I'm like who does that <laughs> shit? I'll give I'll give you another good story. Uh, this is a very quick one, but this is like dude, like maybe my second IPCPR years ago, maybe twelve years ago or something. And uh, I was walking around the show floor. I don't know where I was going, but I was walking somewhere. You know, I had my suit on. You know, you dress up to go to IBCPR. You try to look good. And then I see from a distance, Dennis Rodman is walking towards me, right? So we're, we're about to cross paths. And as, as soon as we're right in front of each other, he stops and he goes, damn, you're looking fucking good, bro. And then he just keeps walking. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> and you can't miss Dennis Rodman. I mean, that's he a stands wow. out. He sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Hell yeah! Damn, bro, you look fucking good. <laughs> You're probably like, uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Dennis Rodman. That, that, yeah, he's a big cigar smoker too. He's a big cigar smoker. A lot of a lot of athletes are. There's a, we we talk about it all the time. People say, oh, you got to stop smoking. It's bad for you. This I go, bad for you. I said, look at all of the greatest athletes on the planet. They all smoke yeah. cigars. Arnold Schwarzenegger, arguably the greatest body of ev- all time, smoked cigars. Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of all time, smoked cigars. LeBron James, smoked cigars. Cam Newton, smoked cigars. Dennis, like all these big guys. Yeah. Aaron yeah, Rodgers, smoked cigars. Kiki Barber is an LFD smoker. Mario Lemieux is an LFD smoker. We oh, had, uh, okay. we had. Um, I mean, look at Ray Lewis was on. We had Ed Reed, yeah. best safety of all time. Smoke cigar. Ed Reed's a good dude, man. I met him. Real cool dude. Yeah, really, really we cool had guy. we had him on our podcast. He was he's fantastic, yeah. dude. There you go. You wouldn't think that he's the greatest safety of all time, you know? He's, he's just like, dude, he's so cool. He was he was during our interview of him, he was in his mother's garage in Louisiana. In Louisiana, just chilling. Had his tunes playing. He's sitting on like a folding chair, just smoking a cigar, just totally like normal dude. And I'm like, this is the greatest safety of all time. <laughs> just yeah. it's it's unbelievable. I loved it. All those guys though, they're just they're like regular dudes. Yeah. I mean John Starks too. John when well, we had John Starks from the Knicks on, you know, I I'm sure you follow basketball, but you know, he was a big he talked a lot of trash. And then when you meet him in person, 
he's calm, cool, collected, very like, hey, what's going on? Like we we had we had to like edit the audio because he talks so light, like so soft spoken. We had to like mess with the audio to turn it up because he was just so <laughs> soft spoken. Complete opposite of what he was uh, on the court. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, this is the guy who jammed on Michael Jordan, who would talk smack right. to everybody, and he's like, listen, dude, there's an on off switch. Like it's just that's just the way it is. Exactly. Right. Yeah, Great. you want to talk about somebody who had an on off switch? I think Michael Jordan is probably. the you know, one of the only guys that I that I've seen that has a legit on-off switch, right? Where he would, or like Kobe, where he would just say, "I mean, Kobe had a story where he was playing against somebody, and it was like three quarters were done, and it was entering the fourth quarter, and Kobe was kind of getting not worked, but the guy that was guarding him was was getting the better of him, and Kobe looks at him and smacks him on the butt, and he says, "Good game, kid." And the kid goes, <laughs> looks up at the scoreboard. He's like, yo, we're up 12, and there's still fourth quarter to go. What are you talking about? And Kobe goes out and drops like 25 in the fourth quarter, and they win. And he's like, what the fuck just happened? Unbelievable. <laughs> On-off switch, man. Unbelievable. Un-freaking-believable. So, yeah, there's not a lot of guys like that. So what what can we look forward to in the next you know five years or so? What's the, what's the next? Besides the NFT projects, you know, what are some other good uh, projects you're working on or things to look forward to for LFD? Uh, we we've got a, a couple new things we'll be releasing at the trade show. Um, not not announcing anything just yet, but uh, uh, yeah, we, we've got a couple of good projects coming. Cigars next, yes, cigars. Um, next five years, man, uh, we're just gonna keep doing what we do, man. We making good cigars, coming up with cool shit. That's that's what we do. That's what we like to do. So we're just gonna continue that. Yeah, you I got any more uh, Lanceros coming down the line? We we make we make a we make quite a few Lanceros. We make the double hero one. We make the Cameroon Lancero. I don't ever had the Cameroon Lancero, but that one love it. Just, Talk about some honey notes cigar. on that one. Love yeah, that cigar. Man. Beautiful, beautiful cigar. Um, double hero Maduro Lancero. Also, there's a Coronado. There's an Airbender and LG. Um, probably Lanceros, man. It, it's, there's just not a big demand for them. People don't, don't buy them. It's, it's a shame too, because it's such a yeah. great. Smoke. I mean, and I talk about. I'm a Lancero lover. You know, hashtag Lancero ho. But we, uh, I always talk about. I said you could. You've never. I say, listen, get it. Get a cigar in. You know, a Churchill. Okay, so it's seven inches by forty eight fifty ring, whatever they they dub it. So get a get a Churchill. Get the same exact cigar in a Lancero, seven inches, but instead of forty eight fifty, it's going to be like thirty eight. Said right. smoke the smoke them back to back. They will taste completely different. I said it's the same cigar, same blend, same tobacco, same everything, just two different sizes. Lancero is a totally different experience. Oh yeah. And I try to tell yeah, people all the time, you gotta, you know, it's like having a whole nother cigar, a whole different cigar. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not the. I know obviously Justin's a big Lancero hoe, but I don't really smoke. Uh, I don't smoke too many Lanceros. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I'm more of a robusto type of guy, robusto or sure. toro. But I kind of I kind of keep it plain and simple. But you're right. It's 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 hard because one they're they're difficult to make. Yeah. Right. Because you got you're trying to pack in a lot of tobacco, but not making it too tight where you can't get a draw out of it. And then on top of that, there's not a big demand for it. Right. So it's. But I appreciate you guys have a lot of Lanceros. Like I said, both of those the the double Ajero, I mean the Maduro as well, and the the Cameroon. Fantastic right. smokes. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we we try to have something for everybody, man. So, so uh, how much longer do you think you got until you run the whole ship, until the captain sails away into the sunset? <laughs> you don't know my old man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, you ever watch the Benjamin Button? Yeah. 
that's kind of the situation. He's he gets he gets younger every year. He's got more energy every year. That's it's, awesome. <laughs> the guy is not going anywhere anytime soon. How old is your father? He's a. Uh, well, you would think he's like 40, but he's like, you know, he's 67. Wow. But dude, it, 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 the guy, the guy's unbelievable. He's, he's, he's wired. He's another person. He's just wired differently, man. He's, he's got so much energy. He doesn't stop. You know, he's got like more energy than I do. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. Sometimes. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's a lot, he's around a lot younger people. So he probably drives off that energy, kind of living vicariously sure. through the other guys, you know, as a son, you know, bringing all these new ideas, new energy. So he, I'm sure he wants to keep up because it's just as big of his baby as it is yours. So, you know, he, I, I can imagine it's probably pretty hard to let go. Yeah, yeah, I do that. I mean, that's the thing about cigars. I mean, no, nobody retires from the cigar business. True. Nobody retires. You know, everybody, everybody dies at their factory. That's how <laughs> yeah. it works. You know? I mean, look at uh, well, all these guys, man. Look at uh, uh, Avo Uvazian. He was, what, 90, 92, 93? Yeah, but it's it's an impressive list. You look at Avo, you look at uh, Orlando Padron, Carlos Fuentes, Stanford Newman, uh, you, you, uh, Robaina. You go down the list, all these guys live late 80s into their 90s and and smoking till the last day and it's not like they're they're sick for the last 10 years these guys are all smoking and working until until the end man you know so i i'm not a scientist but i guess there's something to be said and yeah and cigars are bad i was just gonna say (laughs) who's saying cigars are bad for you you know i mean i i still people are like cigars are so bad for you cigars i'm like i'm like really i'm like I, i really don't think Cigars that bad for you? Like, look, just like you said, you're not a scientist, but look at the data, look at the facts. All of these guys are well, like I tell people all the time. Long lives. I tell people all the time. There's an article, you know, it might be it's from like 2014, 2015, but it's from the it's from the FDA, you know, FDA. But they say one to two cigars a day is nil to your health, and does nothing. And one to two cigars a day is is an avid smoker. Yeah. Right. Right, like most people smoke maybe one a week. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. If you smoke one or two, if you're smoking two a day, you are an avid, avid cigar right. smoker. You're you're Absolutely. up there with like rollers and blenders and right. you know. I mean, they're smoking. Yeah, you're you're five percentile. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Listen, I'll I'll tell you this, man. I I get that cigarettes kill people, right? And we've we've been fighting this battle forever because we get lumped in with cigarettes, and unfortunately, it is what it is. The tobacco Nazis don't care uh, what form the tobacco takes; they just see tobacco, but uh, I will put it this way, man. I think what kills people, the, the greatest killer of people in the United States is stress. And I think that's undeniable at this point, right? People are fucking stressed out. They're paranoid and nervous. Half the country's on antidepressants. People are fucked up, man, right? So if somebody comes home from work and they get to sit down for an hour and smoke a cigar and that relaxes them, I think the benefits outweigh the negatives. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. Eric says this all the time. He says... The big difference between, I mean, aside from the ingredients, right? Because cigars are 100% tobacco. What you're smoking is 100% tobacco. There is vegetable glue, but that's only to hold the the label down. With cigarettes, it's like less than 5% tobacco. The rest of it's chemicals. Aside from that, people that are smoking cigarettes are not smoking cigarettes to relax. They're smoking it quick. Oh, I got to get my fix and then I'm 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 anxiety, super, stress. I'm at, I'm at work and I'm super stressed out. I need to get a quick cig break, quick bogey break. Exactly. People that smoke cigars are not saying that. They're smoking cigars because it doesn't work not. that way. 100%. You ever, you ever watch that show uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? 
Yes, I think I know exactly what you're going to say. I keep uh, going. The Larry David episode. Right, so, so Larry David describes it the best, right? Dude, Larry David's like my spirit animal. I fucking love him. <laughs> but he describes it this way. He says, cigarettes are... It's anxiety. Cigarettes are this. Cigars are... You know, and that's that's it, dude. That's that's exactly where I got I got what Justin just said. I got that from that snippet because I said it makes so. If you want to compare cigars to cigarettes in a two second snippet, that part right there. Yes, you know that's you're it. you like you just said you're smoking cigarettes because you're like holy fuck, shit, fuck, 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 and then <laughs> cigars are like ah. Fuck, man, this is good. Yes. Uh, you know, it's so different. That's a great way to put it. Is that number one killer is stress. And this is a stress reliever as opposed mm-hmm. to cigarettes, which is almost like a stress inducer. And like sure. it's and it's just, you know, just like anything else, cigars are portrayed so badly. And, you know, you tell someone who doesn't smoke cigars that you smoke and they're like, oh, like, oh, you, oh, my God, I smoke a cigar. And you want to be like, shut the fuck! It's so much better for you. Like it's okay. It's and you not know, that bad. You know, we actually had a we had a guy on here, uh, Joshua Haberski, who was I don't know if you're familiar with the name, but he was head of government relations for the PCR, PCA, the PCA. Right? I'm sorry, PCA, PCA, Premier Cigar Association. And he was telling us that, and it sucks that we get roped in. The cigar industry gets roped into with cigarettes because, like you said, the Johnny pencil pushers, they don't give a shit what it is. They see tobacco and they rope everybody in. He actually gave us a stat. That said, cigars, premium cigar sales. So not, you know, the the Backwoods and the Swisher Sweets and the Al Capones. Like premium cigar sales, so all the ones that we're involved in, only account for less than half a percent of all of the tobacco sales in the country. Half a percent. So it's nothing. It's it's zilch compared to everything else. And uh, obviously the biggest one is cigarettes. And then the second biggest is you know, the white owls and the backwoods and all that stuff. But all this, these cigars are less than half a percent. So why the hell are we roped in with the rest of them? Do you, do you, do you face like, like, like anti-tobacco activists and stuff like that being like a cigar owner? Like, do you ever face like protesters and stuff like that? That people are anti-tobacco? Never, never personally, uh, nothing like that. No. Um, but, but yeah, like you're saying, man, and that's, you know, the, the reason why this, this battle is difficult for us is exactly what you're describing, right? We're, we're peanuts, dude, right? So put it this way. This is all this shit works, right? So the government is the mafia. It's literally the same thing, and I'll explain to you why, right? So imagine you own a bar on, you know, the, this guy, a quarter that's controlled by this, this family, right? And, you know, you're not paying them any royalties. Right. Well, what's going to happen? This is like, imagine it's like 70s New York. One day, a couple goons are going to come in. They're going to trash the place. They're going to, you know, beat up the manager or whatever. And then the next day, a guy in a suit and tie is going to come in and say, you know, too bad what happened here. Tell you what, right? You give me 5%, doesn't happen anymore. Right. So it works. So you got a bunch of senators and, you know, congressmen or whatever sitting around in a room. They're probably smoking cigars and they're saying, Hey, we need more campaign donations. Where can we find them? And I go, ah, shit. (laughs) So then they write up some legislation. They fuck you over. And then you got to pay them to help you, right? So if you you say you want a senator to sit down and listen to representatives from your industry for an hour, you got to pay the guy $100,000. 
That's how this shit works. And it's the same guys, the same people that are writing legislation to hurt you. Now you're paying them to help you, right? They're the mafia. That's that's how this shit works, right? So the fact that we're such a small industry means that we we can't get our voices heard, man, because money talks and money moves Washington. That's it. Money moves that's Washington. Why, you know, yep. pharmaceutical companies release all sorts of pills with all sorts of horrendous side effects that do all sorts of terrible things to people. But they get away with it, right? Because they got a billion dollar lobby. Mm-hmm. And we you can't know, do it. You know why? Because it's 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 more profitable to treat a disease or illness than to actually cure it. 100%. That's why all these pharmaceuticals, they get all these all this money to put out this shit when it's like, why don't you just you know relieve stress and eat healthy? Oh no, 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 that's not profitable. I'll take a pill. Let me take a pill. pill. So I was the, the lawsuits, the lawsuits are already built into the cost of the pill. Mm-hmm. Like, they already anticipate that. It's all it's all built into the cost. So I I did a quick I did a quick calculation because I remember this number going back from Josh, from uh, Joshua Haberski saying that the tobacco the pre, the cigars they're about four hundred million I think it was a year mm-hmm. four hundred in in America four hundred million cigars are sold a year. So I did the numbers four hundred million right and we account for less than what is it half a percent yeah. so four hundred million. Oops, that's forty million. Four four hundred million divided by less than half a percent. So let's just say a half a percent. That means there's eighty billion, I guess, cigarettes. You know, cigarette tobacco products. So eighty billion. So if you, you think, damn about it. it. So, so think about it. Okay. So now, damn it. So think about it. So call it seventy nine point five billion cigarettes. Are sold, and five hundred million cigars. It's a damn shame. So, like Tony said, peanut. Not even peanuts. We're like the crumbs that peanuts okay. leave. Do you, okay. <laughs> peanut dust. Do you do you see peanut a dust. do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see any kind of traction being made? Do you see like any kind of positive, you know, and reinforcement? It, it, everything seems to be at a kind of a standstill because I mean, dude, the, the FDA is a total clown show. It, it's it's a it's a it's a total dog and pony show. So, you know, they, they write, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna regulate us for all this and that, but they were totally unprepared to do it. And, and you know, they had all this, these plans that there was no way they could actually, you know, follow through on. So uh, luckily, some, some good judges have recognized that this is bullshit. They don't know what they're doing. Everything they're saying is, is wrong. You know, they, they even, because you know, this, this whole thing, this whole anti-cigar thing is, is really based on the... Uh, false presumption that children are smoking cigars, which is obviously they are not. First off, they don't want to. Second off, they can't afford it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Dude, kids aren't smoking cigars. And, uh, you know, the FDA funded its own study with, you know, taxpayer money to prove that ended up proving that kids don't buy cigars, right? You know, so wait, way, to, way to spend our money on that one, right? So they, and you know, they skewed the, 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 uh, you know, they skewed this whole thing in their favor, right? And they still couldn't prove it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show it's all bullshit. We're not fighting a logical argument. We're not fighting an enemy that's using any kind of logic to yeah. attack us. Right? Well, so you can't fight stupid. I mean, that's 100% right. Because what are kids doing in high school? They're not chain smoking cigars. They're under the bleacher no. smoking cigarettes. Dude, when I was in high school, I bought blunts. They're buying blunts to smoke weed with. They're right. not buying premium cigars. And you look, cigars. And you look at the average age of a cigar smoker, I think it's in like the 30s. 
like 35, yeah. something like that, average age of a cigar smoker. Because like you said, one, they can't fucking afford it. Okay, a 16-year-old kid cannot afford to, to smoke a cigar every single day. They have There's better no, things to spend money on. Than bro, yeah. in high school, I cigars were not even a thought. I said black and mild. I can get black and mild from 7-Eleven. That's what I'll smoke. The cher- cherry wooden tip? Hell yeah, I'm into, I'm into that. Yeah. Let me go to 7-Eleven. Yeah. And I thought I was a boss drinking, I mean, smoking black and milds. So, I mean, yeah, it's tr- probably br- drinking like a Natty Light or uh, something, right? Yeah, you know, drinking Bud Light or Natty Light. Old English. Drinking oh, key, your Keystones. <laughs> I remember drinking Keystones in, in college. <laughs> It's like, it's, you know, you just want to like, you feel like you want to just go up to Congress and kind of like shake them, like pay the fuck attention, like but, calm the but fuck to, on. To your no, point they, is. You know, they're, they're not dumb. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they know that cigars don't kill people. They they know all the stuff we're talking about. They just don't care. Right. So I, I feel like. cigars themselves and they're like, eh, this is good, but eh. Yeah, because that's another thing too is look at all the congressmen that are, that are probably behind all of these tobacco studies. They're fucking smoking cigars on the weekend. They're hundred percent smoking cigars. I was all of them. Uh, who was who was I just with? Uh, I was just with somebody in D.C. Who was I just talking to? Someone down in D.C. Who was down in D.C. a lot? And they're like, "Yeah, dude, I smoke cigars with you know with everyone in D.C. You know, uh, you know, people in Congress all the time. You know, someone this person loves this cigar." And I'm like, I forgot where I, I think I was just over the weekend, or two weeks ago. I was just talking about it. I'm like, "Fuck, man." I'm like, "Come on, dude. Like, this is." Baloney. They they know exactly what you know exactly. Well, like what you said, doing. they they do all these studies and they try to prove something. They go out. They they set forth. I'm going to prove that cigars are bad, and they wind up proving that they're not bad. So to your point is, let them let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. They're going to continue to try to prove that they're and they're always going to come back negative. It's like yeah. trying to test positive. They're always going to test negative, always. Right. So let them fucking spin the wheel and do their shit. They're never going to come back with anything. Rant, rant, rant over, rant yeah. over. So I want to, I want to ask, I want to ask you this, right? Because we like to ask everybody this, um, and like Eric said, I want to get off the the rant because we can go on and we're all on the same page. We like fuck those guys. So let me ask you this: you you smoked with a lot of you know big names, like you said. You, you had the conversation with Michael Jordan. You met Dennis Rodman. You smoked up you know with a bunch of these guys, um, Cam Newton. If you could smoke a cigar with anyone. Dead or alive, who would it be? Dude, honestly, I, I would probably say that's a good question. Uh, I would probably say Steve Jobs, man. Is he a I cigar smoker? Really, I don't even know if he is. He no, no I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. But yeah, you know, I would just like to sit and talk to him anyway. You You'll know? smoke the cigar and have to <laughs> let him talk. Yeah, he'll he'll smoke whatever the hell he wants or doesn't want, but. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, the the guy's always been very. I've always been fascinated by him. I actually worked at an Apple store back when I was in high school. That was one of my first jobs, and uh, the guy had this like certain ability to make a product more than it is. You know, it's it, which is just like fascinating. I'm like a total Apple geek. Always have been. So I would love to sit down with the guy and pick his brain. I mean, remember that that release of the iPod Nano. Remember that whole thing when he was on stage? I don't know if you ever saw this. He was on stage, and this was right before they came out. They were about to release the Nano, and it's like the greatest marketing uh, display I've ever seen. He's he's got wearing a pair of jeans, right? And he's got the 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 you know that little pocket like the change pocket. It was actually yeah. a, I think it's a pocket watch pocket or yeah. whatever. But he's got uh-huh. this little pocket right there, and he's like, "Did anybody ever wonder what this pocket's for?" He's like, you have all these pockets on your jeans, but you never know what this pocket's for. He goes, now we do. And he pulls out an iPod Nano from the pocket. And you're like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> it was just like, boom. And he goes, and now this is the the new iPod Nano. It was like the tiny little thing. And everyone probably went nuts. Oh, it was it was so <laughs> clever. I remember watching that on stage and go, this fucking guy <laughs> changed yeah. the world. Crazy. Yeah, man. So go a little off topic, just smoking the cigar, enjoying it, and just seeing how it's beautifully. I, I always judge a cigar when we call it, I don't know if everyone calls it, but the legs, the smoke crawls up the cigar. Yeah, we dubbed it the legs, right? Because the legs of a wine are when you swirl the wine around, see how it sticks I've never heard that before. That's a good one. Yeah. We... So I like to see when the cigar smoke or the legs of the cigar kind of crawl up the cigar. And they, I love my favorite part is when the cigar smoke comes to the top. You know, yeah. do you have like a like the favorite part of uh, like when you're rolling a cigar, you're making a cigar. Is like a favorite part or what is your favorite part of the process of making a cigar? Uh, you, you, first off, you don't want to smoke a cigar that I've rolled. <laughs> well, these, I, didn't you make these? <laughs> I don't, I don't roll them personally. No, I mean, thankfully or else they, I, I wouldn't enjoy them very much, but no, I, I, I know the process of rolling. I know, I understand the process. I've done it. And you know, I, I can see a cigar and tell if it's good or not. And if it's got a fault, I know what went wrong, but you know, actually sit there and do it. I mean, dude, you have to do that repetitively repetitively for for days and months and, and years to really be good at it and you know it's leave that to the professionals i'll you know handle my side of things but my my favorite part of the process man i i'm a creative guy dude i i, I love the creative part I, I i like i like mixing leaves together and, and making shit that tastes good i like i like coming up with ideas i like concepts i like art i like packaging you know I, I i like all the creative stuff the whole the whole process behind an idea you know light bulb goes off in your head and then you realize it and, and make it make it happen that's that's what i love so do you when you make you know when you have the like you said you have these ideas you're very creative do you have an idea for like a name or maybe a concept and then go with it, or do you have an idea for this is the type of size and the flavors I want, and then you run it that way? It, it, it happens in all kinds of ways. Uh, for example, like Lenox. Lenox started with these Brazilian wrappers um, that we had been introduced to not too long before. Uh, that dude, they had this beautiful color and like just the flavors. Like it had this really like dark chocolate kind of roasted coffee thing going on. Like total opposite end of the spectrum from like the spicy stuff that that we're kind of known for and i just loved it i, I really liked that background i love those dark flavors so the dark those those flavors of the wrapper led to lenox right so you know, i started thinking of the nights that you know the whole concept kind of came together like the the font of lenox was actually based on uh vincent van gogh's handwriting because right, I always love the the starry night paintings, and then you know you have the round box which represents the full moon and the crescent moon on the ring, and uh, so that all came from the flavor of the cigar inspired the packaging. Um, but then you know, dude, inspiration comes in a lot of weird weird ways. Like chapter one, chapter one's a cool one because that was like the first one I started working when I moved to the factory. When I moved to DR and started working at the factory, I uh, I, I immediately just wanted to start you know messing around and creating stuff you know so first thing i did was take a chisel and box press it and then okay that, that was kind of cool but you know i think we need to make it bigger because the the taper isn't as noticeable on the 54 ring gauge so we bumped it up to a 60 
And then when you box pressed it, the taper was a lot more noticeable, noticeable on the chisel. Um, so, all right, cool. We got a cigar, created a blend for it. And then I'm, I still don't know what I was going to call it or anything. Right. So I had an idea for this box, you know, I gave it to the guy at the box factory and then he brings me the sample. Right. But the box, instead of opening like this, it opened like this. Right. So I told him, no, 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 it's right. But the box is supposed to open like that. And he goes, ah, okay, cool. So he comes back a couple of days later with the sample and he goes, all right, here's, a, here's the box. It opens like this, like you wanted, like a book. And dude, that second, I said, chapter one. Yeah, let's just, go. I love these. I love I love stories like that. I mean, that's awesome. That's when we really were creating cool. our cigar, we were always thinking about, you know, the story behind it because everybody, you know, you're smoking a cigar, but then when you actually read into the cigar and you find out all the things of how it became what it became, that's a whole nother side of the cigar that I love hearing about. Sure. Now, I'll, I'll end. The cigar should always have a good story behind it, man. Of course, yeah, you got to have a good story. Just but like any business or anything, people like a story. People like know like to know where you came from or why you're doing what you're doing. Because then they like they like it's a it's a conversation related. Yeah, it's, it can be related. Right? They can be smoking a cigar and be like, oh, let me tell you. You want to know how this cigar came, how the name came about? Yeah, let me tell you. Now, being that we are just starting our own cigars, is there any advice you can give us on how to how we should be starting out? You know, we haven't officially released it. We have the product, but. You know, we're just hooking up with our online retailers and stuff like that. You know, yeah. So that's <laughs> I mean, you that's, can see it right. So that, see it. That's our cigar right there. But is there any words of wisdom or any kind of advice you can give us when we're just starting out? Uh, well, first thing I would tell you is uh, the cigar industry is very small, as we've discussed, right? Cigar industry is high school, right? Everybody knows everything about everybody, right? So your word, the things you say and the things you do will always follow you. So it's very important. Assholes get weeded out very quickly in this business. You, know, you don't last long. So, you know, just I'd say keep that in mind. And uh, I would also say this is a very competitive industry. Uh, the best cigars that have ever been made are being made today. Uh, but it's also at times an industry that lacks creativity and there's a lot of people copying everybody there's a lot of pretenders and there's a lot of bullshit man find your niche man be unique and have your personality you know have something that makes you you because there, there, there's so many brands out there trying to recreate the classics you know and you know dude davidoff is davidoff fuentes fuente padron is padron i mean you, you know cohiba is cohiba romeo is romeo they exist and they've existed for a long fucking time and you're not going to recreate it, right? Make your own way. You got to make your own thing. I mean, that's what I think the cooler's thing about the floor is, is that LFD always been unique. It's always been its own thing. It's never tried to imitate anybody else, you know? So that's what I would say. So it's just be yourself and be true to who you are. That's be authentic, be genuine. That's what it comes down to. All right. That, that, I mean, that is good yeah. words of advice. I mean, that's what we try to that's what we try we don't try to do that's what we do on our podcast and i think we we give off that vibe of just authenticity like we don't pretend to know everything you know we're just two regular guys just being idiots sometimes and sometimes we yeah. know we know some stuff about cigars so um that, that i appreciate <laughs> you, you that you guys are doing a good job man you, you keep doing what you're doing man you got great personalities and, and it's gonna it's gonna work 
Boy, appreciate that. Thank man. you. Thank you. That that means a lot to us. So we really we really appreciate having you on, man. It's it's been a long time coming. And uh thank you for coming on the Burn Down Podcast and being another guest of our repertoire. It really means a lot to us. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. So so this is where we like to give you the red carpet to you know, let everybody know, let the listeners and the viewers know, you know, where where they can find you, what the next big thing is for for um, LFD. You know, the red carpet is yours. Let the people know. Plug away, plug away. <laughs> All right. So, uh, listen, uh, LFD, LFD is it's how do I say it? LFD is real, right? There's there's no bullshit behind LFD. You know, we we since the 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 day this company was founded, you know, since my father had this crazy idea to move down to make a public and open a factory. Uh, we always wanted to be real, right? We own our own factory. We own our own farm. We live down here. We run it. It's very personal to us. We really fucking love cigars. We make cigars for ourselves. We're the first customer. And uh, LFD is a real thing. And we, we really care about this. And uh, that's, that's what I want people to know about LFD. It's, it's, this is real, you know, and we're we're both doing what we love here. You can find LFD at most reputable tobacconists around the country. We're in about 30 different countries. I'm not going to name them all now because I'll find the forgetting most of them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're out there. We're a much smaller company than a lot of people think. All right. So I know, you know, a lot of people complain that cigars might be backordered from time to time and this and that. And I mean, it is what it is. We're We're as big as we want to be. And we don't want to create a monster. Uh, you know, we're, we're never going to make 20 million cigars a year. It's just not what we want to do. Um, so we make as many cigars as we can and not one more than that, right? So the idea is, you know, maybe your favorite LFD might not be available for a little while, but when it's back, it's going to be the cigar that you wanted. Uh, and that's that's the idea. That's our promise, you know. Um, but other than that, I, thanks to you guys, man. Thanks for taking the time and having me on. And for the thoughtful questions, it's been a great interview, and I've had fun, man. Absolutely. Spoken like a true gentleman. <laughs> we appreciate it. So, Tony, without further ado, again, thank you for having it. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you for your time. And we'll send you off with our signature saying, salute, chin, chin, cheers. And we will see you in the future, my friend. Hopefully, we see you soon. We can shake hands and uh, talk some more cigars when we see you in person. Absolutely. All right, brother. Take right, care, Tony. man. Thank Enjoy you, brother. Bye. Bye.